Hey guys, it's Dr. J. And Apostle Sherman. And we are so excited that you have tuned in for this week's message. We pray that it blesses you and helps to transform your life and the direction that God has for you. Enjoy the message. Welcome to week two of Let's Grow Old Together. How many enjoyed last week? All right, how many of you were uh, watching out for offense last week? Listen, because you know it's going to come, all right? Um, and so last week we talked about offense, and we thought it was extremely important to start the series with exploring the concept of being unoffendable. When we talk about growing old together as a family, then it's really important that we create a foundation where we can actually build upon. And so when we talk about offense being a tool of the enemy, that literally it's crafted to break up both the natural and spiritual family, yeah. then it allows us to really talk about some other concepts of what it looks like to grow old together. We discussed that offense is a choice. It is going to be formed, but it's a choice on whether you will let it prosper in breaking up either your natural or spiritual family. Yeah. We also gave you guys a reminder to be led by love, which keeps no record of wrong. So if you could tell me everything that somebody did to you, you're offended and you're not walking in love. Huh? It's quiet out there. Say amen. <laughs> So we talked about being led by love and not offense. And so this week, we want to jump into week two of Let's Grow Old Together. And so we are going to um, go ahead and start um, with Matthew chapter 12, verse 48. Yeah, Matthew chapter 12, verse 48. We want you to turn there. We're going to jump, and jump into the word and see what God says to us. How many of you are ready to take great notes? And how many of you are ready for your heart to be transformed? Uh, that's like half of y'all. How many of you really ready for your heart to be transformed? Yes? Okay, that's Matthew 60, chapter, 40. Yeah, 60, 60, 40. 40. Yes. All right, 40 the same. Matthew 12 and verse 48 says, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. We want to minister a message tonight entitled, In the Hood. In the Hood. Um, we're going to jump into it. The body of Christ is a spiritual family. Yeah. And we got to grab a hold of that. The body of Christ is not a place, or the church is not a place where I just attend. Yeah. It's not a place where we just worship from Sunday Sunday for religious purposes. It is a spiritual family. Emphasis on spiritual. Everybody say spiritual. Spiritual. And we all need spiritual brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers to be a part of our journey. We need them to help us to be able to follow Christ faithfully and to become mature in him. I want to emphasize the word need. Please notice the language that I'm using tonight, that I'm not saying you need church members. We're not saying faithful church buddies. We're not saying faithful pew buddies. We don't got pews at all nations, but you understand what I'm saying. Not the person that I just sit next to. We need faithful family members. This is the household of God, and God has released family to us. This represents 
the wider family than the traditional family that we know, our natural family, the nuclear family in which we were born or that we now live. It's not a replacement, but an enhancement. I want to lean into that because it's so important. Oftentimes when people start hearing conversations about spiritual family, they think that people are trying to take place of their natural family. That is dysfunctional. Yeah. Your family spiritually should be an enhancement to what's happening in your natural family. You don't need either or. You need both and in order to become who God has created for you to become. It's an enhancement. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting. And we talk about this all the time um, where we've seen this concept of family uh, used outside of our natural family. So how many of you are part of like a sorority or fraternity? You're in a sorority or fraternity, something like that. Um, How many used to be in a gang? Or you're in a gang right now. Either way, used to be in a gang or you're in a gang right now. Okay? Right. So you ain't never, <laughs> you need to stop playing. <laughs> you are, y'all already know. <laughs> you really trying to play my life out here. I could have been in a gang. But even when you look at uh, fraternities, you look at sororities, you look at even gang culture, the reason why these type of organizations thrive is because they come together with a certain colors, certain yeah. sayings, certain beliefs, and uh, for the gang culture, even a shared enemy. Now, I'm not saying for y'all to join no gangs, but what I am saying is that we have taken this concept of family in a church and we've made it like it's so foreign or it's so odd or it's so weird for us to push for something like that. But we see it all the time where there is a family outside of your natural family that you are loyal to, that you are committed to. Um, I remember in college, my friend, she pledged, and I thought she was losing her mind. (laughs) I'm like, what exactly are you becoming a part of? Because of the level of commitment and tenacity. And the world accepts it. The world accepts these organizations that are so closely knitted. But there is a good demonic reason why the enemy has come against the concept of family inside of a church. When we see families inside of a church, uh, I know one of the things that we're popularly called is a cult. Because they see family inside of a church. People say there's, a, there's cliques when we see family inside of a church. People say there's favorites when we see family inside of a church. People get accused of ulterior motives when we see family inside of a church. Why do we undermine the concept of family when it comes to church, but we allow it in other world systems? Because the enemy knows what can really happen when we build a real family and a real community inside of a church. It's not a clique. It's not playing favorites. It's not ulterior motives. It is the mandate of God that we are called to be a spiritual family lifting each other up. The Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. People who consistently hold some type of conspiracy theory usually are themselves full of demonic strongholds 
that have taken root in their mind and caused their lens to be dirty. I, mean, I see a lot of y'all that y'all wear glasses. When your glasses are dirty, everything that you see, you cannot see it clearly. Oh my God. But there are people who have this conspiracy about, well, what are y'all, what exactly are y'all doing over there at that church? Why y'all dress alike on first Sundays? Why is it y'all <laughs> say some of the same stuff all the time? Why? Because to the pure, all things are pure. Beautiful. And as we commit personally to purity, we can see more of God in people than we do the enemy. Stop talking about all the things that you dislike about a person and start collecting reasons why you love a person. I, I know people who can say, oh, what they don't like. I don't like the way she talks. I don't like the way she dress. I don't like the way she walk. I don't like the way she speak. I don't like the way she comes in a room. Start collecting reasons why you love each other. And when we start collecting reasons why we love each other, that's the model of the church that God has called us to. That's how he said that they would know that we are his is by the way that we love one another. Some people call it guarding your heart. People join a church. And they, you know, we talk to them, they're like, hey, when you going to jump in? When you going to start, you know, building with people? People are like, okay, I'm just, I'm just taking my time. There is a difference between guarding your heart and being guarded. Talk that. Guarding your heart means that you are aware of yourself. It means that you are in tune with the spirit. And you know what would cause you to have a tainted view of others. And so you guard your heart. Guarding your heart is not about judging other people. Wow. Being guarded means that you put up a wall so that you don't get hurt. There is a difference. And what God has called us to is to guard our heart, but to do so in the family of believers. In the hood, it's talking about brotherhood and sisterhood where we are committed one to another. Yeah, what I love is about what Apostle Paul said in, in Colossians chapter 3. He began to talk about this idea of a new identity in Christ that compels us to live a set-apart life, not an isolated life as individuals. I'm going to say it again. He's called for us to live a set-apart life, not an isolated life. So there are people who, when they're going through hard things and difficult times, they're like, you know, I'm set apart. I'm set apart. But what they really are are isolated. Like, you are best available to the enemy when you're alone. You become the most excellent target of the devil when you're in isolation. And the most horrible thing is to be in a crowded room and still be isolated. Here we are, hundreds of people, maybe about 300 people out here on this lawn today. It is horrible for you to sit out here to be in a church experience, but then at the same time, isolate yourself. To have the ability to be able to have family and community and not take advantage of it. Look at this. He wants us to live the set-apart life. Set-apart life means that we don't look like the systems of the world. We don't look like the culture around us. That is the set-apart life. That means that I'm not aligning myself with what's popular. I'm aligning myself with what's kingdom. I'm not aligning myself with what everybody else does. I'm following the ways of Jesus. And when I do that, I live 
the set-apart life. I live the set-apart life. And so this idea of being in a household of faith and having brothers and sisters brings us to this place that Paul talks about. And uh, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, he says this, If then you, plural, if then you, plural, have been raised with Christ, seek the things which are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. What stood up to me, what stood out to me very clearly is that the you here was not individualistic. It wasn't from an individual perspective, but the you here was plural. And many times all throughout the Bible, when Christians are addressed with the Christian life, they are addressed as you as plural. In other words, God's word is not just to you as a person alone. Not just you as an individual, but God's word is to you as a community. And there are some things that you will never experience at the level that you can until you embrace the brothers and the sisters around you. You will be limited in manifestation. Somebody say, I don't want to be limited. You will be limited in manifestation until you embrace the community or the brothers and sisters around you. The word is not to one. The word is to you as a plural. When you think about biological and nuclear families, they're, they're important. They're a gift from God. They are needed. And we're hoping that much of the teaching that we're giving about spiritual families will help all of us to be able to upgrade how we're dealing with our natural families. But as Christians, we also believe that God has given us and he establishes an internal, eternal family that goes beyond anything that's just natural, but it's spiritual and is through our common faith in Jesus Christ. He identifies these people as children, as children. And being guided through his word together, we become siblings in the household of faith. And I think it's important that as we move forward in this process with God, that we allow him to lead us as children. Somebody say, I am a child of God. When you think about being a child of God, that means you need a father. You need direction. You need the love of Abba in order to take you where you need to go. What we end up doing along our Christian journey is that if we're not careful, the devil will pull us to a place where we feel like we don't need to be led. We move into the space of I'm a grown, blankety-blank man or woman, and I got this. The I've got this mentality has literally derailed and jacked up the destinies of many because they have not understood the importance and in the power of the household of believers. That in the household of believers, I get identity and I make sense. Yeah. Are you getting this today? Yeah. John chapter 1, verse 12 through 13, he says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're in the household of faith. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting because we talk about becoming children of God. We're talking about this concept of brotherhood and sisterhood. But when you take anything that God has meant for good, it is subject to being perverted into something else. And so when you've seen brotherhood and sisterhood, not in the eyes of how God intended, then we start to get different concepts. I, I always think about personal stories of people who have been um, here at our church 10 years, 9 years, 8 years, 7 years, 6, you know, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Some people not even one yet. Um, but the family.
families and the stories of people who have found brothers and found real sisters here in our community. And the fact is that two people can stand up and have experienced the same exact church for the same exact amount of time and have two completely opposite testimonies. Wow. Somebody can stand here and say, I've found many brothers and sisters. And the same, another person can stand and say, I haven't found community at all. I mean, what the, makes the difference? The difference is how open you are to embrace and how relentless you are. How much will you wrestle? How much will you fight for the brotherhood and sisterhood that God has promised you? We have people who have come to this church who are married in a marital relationship. And throughout their marriage, they have had strife. They've had arguments. There's been infidelity. There's been a talk of divorce every single month. But through finding brothers, through finding sisters, they were able to be walked through the healing process, through finding other marriages who were good examples for them. They were able to completely turn their marriage around. There are women who have come to this church who used to use their body as a, as a token for men and for things that they wanted to get, but through brotherhood, wow. through sisterhood, yeah. through honor, through the love of their brothers and sisters, they have walked them to the place where they valued themselves, where they see themselves, and it was not just God. Listen. And I know we like to think, well, you know, God can do that all by himself. Well, if he wanted to do it all by himself, then he wouldn't have went and died on the cross and rose on the third day and dropped the mic and said, now you do it. Oh, watch your mouth. He said, greater work shall you do yeah. in my name. Beautiful. Who's going to do the work? You will do the work. Yeah. So it's good. the work of brotherhood. It's the work of sisterhood. It's not just the job of the pastors. We have pastors. They're amazing. We have leaders. They're amazing. But there's something that comes with being able to go to a brother, being able to go to a sister, being able to go to a peer and to be transparent and to pour out your life. Yes, God gives us a book of promises. It's true. His word is so true. His word is a light. His word is a lamp. His word is a guide. But the truth is that no matter how many promises we have written in this book, in order to keep living a Christian lifestyle, people, you, me, us collectively, we all need help. Wow. You need help. And part of that help is what God provides in the brotherhood, in the sisterhood, in the men and the women who he sent here to encourage us. Do not hold back the impressions that God is giving you when you come in the presence of your brothers, when you come in the presence of your sisters. Do not hold back when you feel God telling you to expose your story, when you feel God telling you to give a word Beautiful. or to say a scripture, even when you hear God telling you to give somebody a compliment. And it's like, God, I hear you telling me to give that compliment, but people tell that person that all the time. Don't hold back. God wants to use you as a brother. God wants to use you as a sister to encourage each other. The healing power of relationships My is God. one that cannot be replaced. 
I love it. I love that. God wants to bring healing through relationships, through building to each other. And even though it's hard to express, watching it over 10 years has been one of the most beautiful parts of building this church and being on this journey is that power of brotherhood and sisterhood that cannot communicate from the pulpit, that cannot communicate from the stage, but must come this way. And it's beautiful when we see it happen because yeah. the idea is that I can receive something before there's ever a preached word. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can receive something before Sunday ever comes. Yeah. Why? Because if I'm building the community, it's through one conversation, it's through one encouragement. I could be off track and have a conversation with a brother and sister and get on track. I could be thinking the right way and have the right honor and celebration that I need when my thinking is right. It's so many benefits that we gather when we are embracing the family that's supported around each and every one of us. The yeah. idea of the hood is about being around people that are like you. Yeah. Today, we were in L.A. for a minute, all and right. I'm from South L.A. Anybody out here from South L.A.? Oh, all right. And so uh, I was in South L.A. today, and it's something about, I love South L.A. We went to this place called Fresh and Meaty. And my wife had never been to Fresh and Meaty before, but, you know, I'm from the hood. I grew up in Pasadena. So, so I, I was know. like, she, she was looking for a burger spot. I was, she brought up Fresh and Meaty. I was like, Fresh and Meaty. But because of the name, she wasn't quite ready for what was going to happen. She thought she was walking into some swanky spot. Like fresh. So we drove up to Fresh and Meaty, and she was like, ah. Uh. <laughs> and I was like, it's good. Trust me. It's good. We put our hands in that paper brown paper bag and pulled that old greasy-looking burger out of there. And it was so anointed and good. But it's something about when I'm in a, even when I'm not in L.A., I can almost point out somebody that's from South L.A. Hey. There's a swag they have. There's something that they carry, and I can tell that you're from that spot. And it's something that begins to happen in the midst of a hood. When you, even in the midst of your hood, you can be in your hood, and you can know that things are off and dysfunctional and still feel safe in your hood. You know that don't make no sense. You talk to homeless Harry at the liquor store, and you know he's not really a safe guy to be around, but you, I mean, you talk to him anyway because you feel safe in your hood because you're just in your hood. We're not promoting, prom promoting dysfunctionality, but at the end of the day, there is the point is, is there such a safety in community? Yeah. When you get in the right community, you get in the right family, you get in the right hood, you feel so safe, yeah. you feel comfortable, and you become comfortable even in your jacked upness. I made up a word. You become comfortable even in your craziness. We said all nations, San Bernardino, we are all jacked up. We all jacked up. We all have a process. We all have something that we're going through. And the power of this community is that we can be ourselves even in our insufficiencies, yeah. even our dysfunctions, and still be accepted and still be supported to become who God created us to become. That's the power. That's the authentic aspect of the body of Christ. Being in the right body, being in the right family becomes the biggest encouragement to people. And it causes them to move forward in their journey in their purpose in their destiny and for you to become who God wants you to become and to allow yourself to be used by him yeah. you begin to have your identity come alive when you're in the right community there's yeah. a language that's released that begins to be spoken and things that you might have never pressed into before for being in the right place at the right time with the right people you'll begin to walk in a part of your purpose and your destiny that you have never seen and you'll begin to fulfill purpose because you're in the right hood. Yeah, yeah. 
and 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 this whole idea of finding family yeah. in unexpected Expected places, places. Yeah. and it is it is amazing it's beautiful to watch um when i was growing up i grew up in a kojic church so i've been in a kojic church probably since i don't know all since i can this remember is the church amen <laughs> anyways um, so, but they use the term sister, brother, um, almost as a replacement for people's name. Yeah. And um, as we've been building this church for 10 years, quite honestly, we don't really use the term sister. We don't really use the term brother. We just call people by their name. Yeah. If you're a pastor, we maybe call you pastor, minister, elder, something like that. But for the most part, we just, you know, whatever the name is. And I, I, I think about that because so many times we'll throw out something in its perverted state instead of just reverting it to what God intended for it to be. And so just because that term or those terms were not used the way they were intended, they kind of were just used flippantly wow. without commitment, and they kind of were just used as, as like church lingo, does not mean that that's not what God has dictated. Now, I'm not trying to say you got to start calling each other brother and sister. I'm not <laughs> saying that. But when you see each other, you literally should see a brother. You literally should see a sister. When we look at the Bible, Paul starts to give um, some further language to what siblings look like in a biblical sense. Because this term brotherhood, this term sisterhood, the term brother, the term sister, and a lot of familiar terms are actually used in the Bible repeatedly as God is trying to give us a model for how to build a natural family and how to build a spiritual family. And so when Paul speaks to the church at Thessalonica, he's talking to them about how he came to them as a brother, how he came to them as a sister. And so in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, you know who, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. Wow. When you enter into a brotherhood and a sisterhood relationship, it should always come with results. People should have a trackable measure of their interaction with you and how their life has now changed. Verse 2 says, we have previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dare to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives. There's that skepticism again. Nor are we trying to trick you. Why would he even address those things? Because that's the lie that the enemy tries to tell when communities and families really start to be built. That somebody's trying to trick you. That somebody has a different motive. That somebody wants to get something from you more than they want to give to you. I will have something to tell you. A family is a reciprocal situation. Yes, people are trying to get from you, but they're trying to give to you just as much as they're trying to to get and if the enemy can convince you that people are only trying to get then everything that he's giving you to pour out one to another becomes blocked and you really do get the short end of the relationship God wants to use sisterhood God wants to use brotherhood to produce this like redemptive trickle down 
have a, like this trickle-down effect in the lives of his people. And so as one brother gets redeemed, yeah. as one sister gets redeemed, yeah. they turn around and refuse to be redeemed by themselves. Yeah. And then that other brother gets redeemed, and another sister gets redeemed, and then they refuse to be redeemed by themselves. And so then brothers stand up and say, I used to cheat on my wife the way that you cheat on your wife. Let me tell you how God redeemed me and how I walked through that and how I don't do it anymore. Then that way a sister can come up to another sister and say, you know, I used to vie for attention. I used to do things to get attention from people just like you. Don't be embarrassed. Don't feel any kind of way about it. Here are the scriptures that I read to get free. Here's my process that I went through to get free. Here's my devotion that I went through to get free. That way another brother can come to another brother and say, I used to be depressed, man, and I see you when you come around, and I, you just look the same way I used to look. But I can tell you my story. Not only will I tell you my story, but I will hold your hand. I will stand with you as a brother, and redemption can be duplicated. Pure motives. Pure motives and all truth. There is skepticism that comes, but it is like this thing where we think things are too good to be true. I don't know about you, but when I think about a man coming to the earth when he didn't have to, living on this earth for 33 years, being beaten, being spat on, hanging on a cross, being pierced in his side, dying, being buried in a tomb, all when he had the choice to do something different. I don't know about you, but that sounds too good to be true. But I'll tell you what, it is the truth. Wow. It may sound too good to be true, but it is the truth. And when we think about a group of complete strangers, that will come into a place, never met each other, and become 100% committed to each other, committed to their process, committed to walking with each other, committed to seeing each other saved, committed to seeing each other free. It sounds too good to be true, but guess what? It is the truth. Let's talk about some stuff really quickly that real brothers and sisters do. Real brothers and sisters in Christ do this. Number one, they love one another. Yeah. And this idea of love is not love that's dependent upon what you do for me and how you behave. Yeah. But it's the God kind of love that we begin to press into. Real brothers and sisters press into the kind of love that is patient. That is kind. That kind of love that's going to have long suffering. That kind of love. Everybody say that kind of love. That kind of love. Real brothers and sisters in Christ, they walk in love. Here's the other thing is they walk in respect. Yeah. They, where they walk in respect. I want to add another word to that, honor. Yes. This idea of honor. So many uh, churches and places, they focus on honoring leadership. And uh, here at All Nations San Bernardino, we focus on honoring everyone particularly honoring those who are parallel with you and making sure that you're recognizing and respecting, honoring the difference in others around them. Let's talk about what we don't do. As real brothers and sisters, we do not reject or shame. Yeah, yep. 
We do not reject or shame. Reject. We're not going to push you away because of circumstances, how you are, how you behave, what you've done. And then we're not going to cast shame upon you because of your experiences, but we're going to offer acceptance in the midst of it. But let me say something to you. It's a waste of community when you don't open up. One of the saddest things for me is to watch people be in the midst of a safe, notice what I said, not perfect, safe community. Yeah. To be in a safe community and not take advantage of that community. The body of Christ is intended to be loving and it's supposed to be a place where you can experience both repentance and freedom in that community, in that family. But it happens often that people will be in a church like ours who has small groups, no worries, firecrackers. Okay. Uh, small groups, we'll care calls, pastoral services, and on and on. I'm going to say it again. Keep your focus. You can receive small groups, care calls. Some of these things are nervous. It's all get out. Y'all all right? You all right. I promise you, it's just firecracking. You're good. All right, moving on. Small groups, care calls, pastoral services. You have access to all of these things, and then people will call you, say, how are you doing? And then we lie and say, I'm fine. You need anything? Y'all not no. going to say amen? We, we, we lie, and here it is. Why? Because we're like, oh, well, they're trying to get something from me. What do you have that we just so trying to get? I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to keep it nice. But what, do you, what, what, what exactly do you have that we're trying to get from you? Okay. No, it's genuine community that we are trying to give to you and trying to make sure you have it. That's why you've got to open your mouth. Look at somebody next to you and say, open your mouth. Open your mouth. We often find out that months or weeks later, after, these, after people have been asking, been inquired about, then we find out, oh, there was an issue or there was a circumstance. But repeat after me, this is why we're here together. This is why we're here together. No, say it louder and stronger. This is why we're here together. This is why we're here together. We're here together to care for each other. We're here yeah. to be transparent. And you will never receive the power of community until you're transparent about where you are. God's people knit together through deep transparency and real love of Christ gives us confidence to reaching to struggling brothers and sisters to bring them into fellowship and to experience the real body of Christ. It's so important. And this, I'm going to emphasize it, you need community. Yeah, yeah. Um, this weekend we had um, the pleasure of ministering um, at a conference, but we had a conversation um, just about COVID and the different the different effect that it's been having on our society and on our community. And one of the things that we, we were saying we feel is not talked about enough is the mental struggles that people have been going through. Like literally, yeah. the suicide numbers are through oh. the roof. More people have died of suicide since this shutdown than they have of COVID. This is why the Pediatric Association is saying that kids need to go back to school. That there are more of them that are suffering from mental illness 
than the risk that they're taking to actually get COVID. This is why the National Suicide Prevention Center is suggesting that things open up, that we find another way other than isolation. What I found further interesting, because we are always collecting resources, is that the National Center for Suicide Prevention, they said that the number one, the number one way that people have combated thoughts and feelings of suicide is to be a part of what they called a religious community, what we call a spiritual family. So even the National Center. Listen for suicide prevention is recognizing that the church My is God. the number one thing that people re report that will help them get over suicide. Why? Because the connections that you have make a difference. Yeah. It is a gift that we have been given by God. This spiritual family is a community. It's the answer that he has given us. Have you ever really sat down and thought about the fact that even right now, in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this pandemic, you can walk into the grocery store. Your favorite song can come on in the grocery store and you can worship, you can sing, you can chant inside of the grocery store. But when it comes to worship, inside of my church building you want to tell me to shut my mouth why because there is power in the spiritual community but we can be gluttons we can go to restaurants we can go get food we can go to the bank we can serve mammon but when it comes to us gathering together, they try to make it like the church is being overly spiritual. Why you guys can't just go online? Because they know that when the church stands up and becomes the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when the church stands up and comes together in worship and puts our mouth and set like a flint against the enemy and everything that he's trying, they know that they are in danger. I have to say this. You've got to see the diabolical assignment and the demonic influence behind this. And you can sit here and call it conspiracy theories all you want. And I'm going to tell you there are the forces of hell that want to stop worship in the state of California. But I'm going to say that all nations San Bernardino is not going to allow the enemy to win. We release our voices and we release our sound <laughs> and we combat against the forces of hell and when you try to stop us, we'll worship louder. You tell us we can't worship inside, we'll worship outside and you will not stop the move of God for there is a revival that's being released in our state and there are those that are rising up by the hundreds and the thousands and say you will not stop us but we'll continue to release what God has called us to release all right just had to get that out Sorry. Jesus and I, and I think it's interesting because yeah. when people stand up and have an opinion about that yeah when people stand up and have an opinion about the need for church and community, yeah. even though yeah. a secular organization, secular organizations are recognizing the power of the church, mm. a proven solution. Church is consistently presented as an option in religion.
it's consistently presented as an option. When is the last time that you talked about going to work every day with somebody and they said, you don't have to go to work every day. I still work here. I don't have to be here every day. But it's a lie. And, I, and hear me, please. please hear me. This is not about church attendance. This is about what the enemy has convinced ah, us of. That by some twisted way, that being committed to a spiritual family, that if by some stretch of the imagination that it's not necessary. And if he can convince you that it's necessary to go to your job every day in order to show you're an employee there, but you don't have to go to your church every week in order to show your commitment to your church, think about how twisted that is, y'all. When's the last time somebody asked you, why do you go to work every day? Golly, you don't have to go to work. But how many times do you hear people say that about church? My God. How many times do you have to go to prayer? How many times do you have to go to worship? It is the enemy. It's little foxes. It's little foxes. And then he convinces you by some stretch of the imagination that you somehow are being are being out there, that you somehow are making sure that you have this freedom. But it's really bondage. The longer people stay in their homes, the longer people are away Jesus. from their spiritual communities, from their spiritual coverings, from their spiritual brothers, from their spiritual sisters. There's something different that happens when we worship together. That doesn't happen when you worship on your own. But there's these little foxes that they've tried to creep in and they've tried to distort what God is doing in community. They try to distort what God is doing when he pulls us together. Listen, I know uh, we, we have a little bit more to give you, but just lift your hands for a moment. Jesus. Father, we bind the spirit of isolation right now in the name of Jesus. We curse that ugly spirit of isolation that tries to pull people away. Oh, even that spirit that tried to come upon Elijah and tried to pull him into a cave. Ah, to make him feel like he was the only one. To make him feel like he was the only one that was there. The only one that had his situation. The only one that was in his circumstance. We tear down the spirit of isolation right now in the yeah. name of Jesus and we cast it into the pits of hell from yeah. which it came and we thank you now oh, there is a drawing power there is a drawing power to the place of community there's a drawing power to the place of community and so now we send out a clarion call even in our state we send out a clarion call even in our state Community, 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 Jesus. community, community. You won't carry your burden alone. You won't carry your burden by yourself. You won't carry your burden alone. But we release the word of family. We release the word of the household of faith. We release the word of family. We release the word of household of faith. We release the word of fathers. We release the word of mothers. We release the word of brothers. We release the word of sisters. And we decree in Jesus' name that the devil will not destroy family. The devil will not destroy community. But we'll rise together in faith. And right now, we even speak to the state of California. We say, open up. Open. We say, open up. Open. We say, open up. Open. For the kingdom of God is at hand. For the kingdom of God is at I hand. 
done for the kingdom. And now we call in a harvest of souls. We call in a harvest of souls. We as believers, we call you out of your hiding place. Come on, evangelist. Evangelist, I call you out of your hiding place. And I say, open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. And even right now, we speak to the spirit of fear. Yeah. You got you got to go. We speak to the spirit of fear that has caused Christians to be silent in the time where they need to open up their mouth. We speak to that spirit of fear that has caused people to forfeit their destinies. That spirit of fear that has caused people to shut their mouth when it's time to cry loud and spare not. To cry loud and spare not. To cry loud and spare not. Fear, you cannot have these believers. You will not make a fool of us. God will not be mocked. You will not have us singing healing songs in January and then running from disease in March. You will not, you will not, you will not have us declaring scriptures of healing and then running in fear when it comes time to use them. We will use our worship, we will use our scriptures, we will use our worship, and we will use our scriptures. And there's an army arising. There is an army arising. There is an army arising. They're black, they're white, they're Asian, yes. They're Latino, they're Samoan. They have all creeds and backgrounds. There is an army arising, even in our nation. There is an army arising that will not let a virus win, will not let a disease win. But the blood, the blood, the blood of the Lamb that was slain before the beginning of the world, that blood, we lift up the bloodstained banner. 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 And the blood of Jesus reigns. And the blood of Jesus rules. And the blood of Jesus reigns. And the blood of Jesus rules. We declare it now in the powerful name of Jesus. In the powerful name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and worship him. Come on, lift your hands and worship. Worship. Worship as a community. Hey, hey, hey. Worship as a family. Oh, we bless you, Worship. Oh, oh, we trust you, oh, Jesus. Oh, we trust oh. you, Jesus. We, we trust worship. you, Jesus. We, we trust you, Jesus. We worship. And now the blood that we, we read about, now the blood that we sung about, now the blood that we've read about, now the blood that we've sung about, we apply the blood. We apply the blood. We apply the blood. Buckets and buckets of yes. blood. Buckets and buckets the of blood. blood. But we apply the blood. We apply it. These are your children. These are your sheep. These are your sons. These are your daughters. Yes. And we declare a hedge of protection. Yes. We declare a hedge of protection. Yes. And even a new level of boldness. Yes. Even a new level of boldness. Yes. Even a new level of boldness yes. come upon them. You said in your word that by your stripes we are healed. 
We've been so worried trying not to catch a disease. But how many of you know that if nobody ever is diseased, there would never be a reason, there would never be a performance of a healing. And so that means that at some point, somebody has to get a disease, somebody has to get a something so that God can show his mighty hand. And we declare that this is the day, this is the hour where there shall be a performance. This is the day, this is the hour yes. where there shall be record testimonies, yes. not just of COVID, yes. but of cancer, yes. not just of cancer, yes. but of diabetes, yes. not just of diabetes, but of mental yes. illness. This is the hour where the testimony the of testimony. Jesus, where the testimony of Jesus will be yes and amen. And so we say perform it in us, God. Perform it in us, God. Put us on display, God. Put us on display, God, as a testimony of what a submitted people can do. So now we cancel the assignment of separation. We cancel the assignment of disunity. Yeah. We cancel the assignment now. But we decree over this body and over everybody in the state of California specifically yes. and around this globe. We pray a prayer of unity right now in the name of Jesus. We declare right now a prayer of unity. Come on, lean into that right now. We declare right now a prayer of unity. Unify us. Oh, make us one as you and the Father are one. Make us one as you and the Father are one. Make us one as you and the Father are one. Make us one as you and the Father are one. Make us 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 one. No island. No island. No island. No man on an island. No woman on an island. Make us one. Make us one. Make us one. Wow, that was amazing. Agreed. We want you to stay connected with All Nations San Bernardino. Do not let the uplifting stop here. Join us on Facebook or Instagram for more amazing content. We want to connect with you. And guess what? If you're in town or even out of town, come visit us at All Nations San Bernardino all the way live.